everyone. We have finally made it to the end of Bad Batch season one. It's been a while. It's been a long journey. Um, and I was really, really curious and nervous going into this finale. I really wondered, I wondered where the story would go, how open it would leave it, how it would set up season two. But I also hoped it, it could stick the landing because I've been, I've enjoyed the series, but it's kind of been a mix. Like it hasn't been great. It's been good, but not great in my opinion. So I was really hoping it could stick the landing, but, um, but in my opinion, it did. I thought this was a good finale, which wraps up kind of the smaller contained story arc, which is the actual story of the Bad Batch uh, on Camino. But then it leaves the door wide open for the progression of the series and the continuation of the series. And we're going to talk about the kind of um, the slack I left this finale, because a lot of the stuff that would have been expected in this finale, because it's going to be a multiple season show, can be picked up in season two. And if it's not picked up in season two, then that's a problem. But we'll talk about that. So first thing I want to do is a plot summary. Um, we start with Rampart watching the destruction of Camino. I mean, first of all, first thing that strikes me, we say this every single episode, but the destruction of Camino and all the underwater scenes are stunning. Like people don't realize how hard it is in animation to do what's called like particle effects, which is like smoke and water. And then to do things like that, it just was stunning. It was some top tier animation and the best animation on TV. Like as as much as I love what if the new Marvel show and that animation style, the Bad Batch animation is probably the best animation that's ever been on a television show. I'm probably forgetting something, but I mean, think about it. It's so, so good. Just like visually and just from the technical side, it's, it's amazing. So we have Rampart watching the destruction of Camino. The Bad Batch are running inside, um, running for their lives. Um, a clone comes and reports that Camino is destroyed and that Topoka City is all, not Camino, Topoka City, the capital of Camino, is sinking into the water. One thing, one little detail I liked was you could see how kind of sad and conflicted that one clone was that reported that. Um, it's just a cool little detail that really helps highlight how big this is, even for the clones. Um, I love that. So then Rampart and the Empire there leaves to rejoin the fleet. Um, the Bad Batch is separated from Omega and Crosshair. You have this fantastic scene where Omega and Crosshair are locked in a room, which is flooding. Um, and AZ, the droid, also is there. And Omega and AZ have to free Crosshair, and they barely escape in time. One thing about this episode is the tension was really great. I was on my, the edge of my seat for most of this episode. And, um, and that's something that I feel like was missing because in a lot of this first season, there wasn't a lot of tension. There wasn't a lot of stakes, save from a few episodes, which I mentioned um, in other reviews. But I really did feel the tension in this episode, which was great. And all these sequences we'll talk about. Um, so the Bad Batch go into the underwater tunnels to try to escape. This is another really tense scene. Um, the glass is starting to crack, and then this big monster comes and attacks it. Um, AZ goes up and restores the power, which shocks the monster. The Bad Batch run and return to Topoka City right before the tunnel floods and it would have killed them. Um, so at this point, all hope seems lost. And I really didn't know how they were going to escape. A lot of these episodes, they are kind of more for a younger audience a little bit. So they're kind of predictable, but I really had no idea how they were going to get out of this. Um, but then I thought the solution was kind of interesting. So the Bad Batch and Crosshair all go to Nalase's private lab. And, um, and it's revealed that Omega is older than the Bad Batch because she doesn't have accelerated aging. 
that makes sense. I think that was something I predicted last review. And then I also want to mention throughout this episode is sprinkled in some really good emotional scenes with Omega and the rest of the batch interacting with Crosshair. Like there's some between Tech and Crosshair, there's Wrecker and Crosshair. Echo doesn't get much. There's Hunter and Crosshair and there's Omega and Crosshair. And there's a scene where Omega tries to connect with him. Um, She says she wanted to believe his chip was forcing him to do the things he did. Yeah, there's a lot of scenes like that, which are great. They don't advance the emotional arcs more, but they strengthen and reinforce them. And um, we're going to talk about that in the future. Um, So AZ is low on power. The Bad Batch make a plan. They set charges and they're in these um, tubes, which are is floating to the surface. AZ guides them so they don't hit any debris. Um, Omega gets hit by a beam and is sinking under the water. AZ Freezer pushes her up as he runs out of power. We get to see a lot of Omega's like courage and her strength and her determination, which I liked. Um, she leaves her tube and grabs AZ and is drowning. And then we see Crosshair shooting down his grappling line and pulling her back up. I'm really liking the character of Crosshair in the show. I like how he has agency and he does care about the batch, but he actually feels betrayed by them and feels like they made the wrong choice, which I like. And I like how he's not going to, he's not just a cold-blooded murderer like I think we all initially thought he was. Um, So the Bad Batch paddled to their ship and they offer Crosshair the chance to join them. He rejects. Omega has this great scene where she reminds Crosshair that he is still her and the Batch's brother. Um, The Batch leave. Um, I believe it's Michelle Eng who plays Omega and I think she did a great job. You could hear the emotion in her voice in that scene. So I was, that was good. Um, so then the Empire, the final scene is that the Empire brings Nalise to their base on, I believe it was Daro. And they tell her that they have big plans for her in the future. I'm sure that's something that will be picked up on in season two. That's something I'm looking forward to seeing. So that's basically the plot of this episode. I think a lot of Star Wars fans that I saw were disappointed because either it wasn't as cinematic as they were hoping or there wasn't some huge cameo or setup for season two, or there wasn't some huge shock twist. And maybe me three years ago would have been disappointed too. And I can understand why that would disappoint people um, because those people were coming from a more fan perspective. But I just think this episode was so good in a lot of ways that I really loved it, regardless of the fact it didn't have some big cameo or whatever. Um, this episode was really a great finale when you just analyze it from a more critical perspective and you analyze what it is. I think it's great storytelling and a great finale. Um, I think sure a cameo or a setup would have been cool and would have pleased my more fan side and it would have got me more excited, but good storytelling is always the priority for me. Storytelling first and fan service second. That's my philosophy. And, um, and that's why I love this episode. I think it was just a really good finale but I do understand people who went in with expectations of something more um, being a little disappointed. So now I'll go through my list of good stuff about this episode. Um, It was really thrilling and tense. Like I said, I really felt all the tension. It felt like there were real stakes. Um, It felt like the bats were all in danger. I I'm surprised none of them actually died. For some reason I thought one of them would die, but, um, but I'm glad they didn't because I think in the future, That means we can explore their relationship more. I thought the plot of the episode was good. Each twist and turn really shocked me and kept me on the edge of my seat. I really didn't know what was happening and what was going to happen next. Um, So I was really engaged with that. So I thought that was pretty good. 
I think this all comes down to the writing, and I thought the writing was good. I think all the conversations between the batch and Crosshair was were really good. Um, the emotion between all of them, I thought that was really good. Um, I really love how he feels betrayed by them and how he really believes in the Empire. I just love the character of Crosshair. Um, I raved about that twist last episode when it was revealed he doesn't have his chip. I love that. One curious thing, one interesting thing is that we did see him in this episode holding his head like he had a headache. So maybe he does have his chip or there's something more going on. But right now I'm still operating under the assumption that he was not lying and his chip was taken out. So one thing I want to mention is this episode didn't complete or really advance the emotional and character arcs of the characters much, but it did reinforce what was already there and kind of enrich the emotion between the Bad Batch and Crosshair, which was good enough for me because we know there will be a season two. If this was a one season thing, or if this was a mini series, this finale would probably be pretty disappointing, not even with just the overall plot, but just with the emotional arcs and the relationships between the characters not having enough to them. But because we know there will be a season two, um, I'm cutting it some slack because the story's not complete yet. Um, I talked about the animation. I said the destruction of Kamino is some of, if not the best looking Star Wars animation ever. I thought another thing, the underwater scenes were amazing. Like you compare that to the season four Mon Calamari versus, uh, I forget what they're called, the other species, but the Mon Calamari arc in season four, you compare the underwater scenes and you can see the massive improvement. Also, they're just like flexing at this point with Omega's wet hair. Like you would think that wet hair wouldn't be a big thing, but it's massive. It's a huge part because one of the major problems with the animation in the first couple seasons was the hair didn't move in the wind. The hair didn't move underwater there. All the characters hair just stayed in the same place. Um, And now they've got like characters going underwater and having wet hair. And that's just a huge, huge, massive improvement. Also, the score was really epic. This felt like an epic finale score. Um, it really added, I feel like, to the tension and to the emotional scenes. I think Kevin Kiner is just um, perfect, and I think he's a great composer. Um, one thing that from another show that highlighted the good in this show is that we've experienced some more kind of spotty voice acting in Marvel's What If show due to like screen actors, traditionally screen actors doing voice work. And that just makes me appreciate how good the voice acting in this show and this episode in particular. Each cast member is an experienced voice actor and extremely talented. They all do a great job. Um, Michelle Ng, I mentioned, Dee Bradley Baker, of course. I've been raving about him. He's a genius. Everybody who took some part in this show, um, the people who did the Kevin Owens, I'm not sure their names. I mean, I went who did Fennec Shand. All the actors in the show were just fantastic. Corey Burton as Cad Bane. Um, everybody. One thing I wanted to mention, I touched on it a minute ago, was that a lot of the stuff I wanted in this finale, more character arcs and development, um, I'm assuming will be part of season two. So that's why I'm okay with this finale lacking in that department. In a way, I'm trusting in and banking on the fact that season two will provide what would usually be a little bit annoying about this finale, um, because this finale did not provide it. Um, Because this finale wrapped up the actual plot while leaving the further progression of the character and emotional arcs to season two. Um, So if season two does not pick up on this and deliver on those arcs, then I'll be disappointed. But, um, But hopefully they've set it up in a good way that it will.
Um, so I have a list now of things I want explored of season two, because that's all my stuff I had under good. And um, I think the show set up to season two nicely. It didn't give a clear cliffhanger, but it definitely left things open that they can go in a million different directions for season two. I don't like to make specific fan requests. Like I want to see this person. I want to see this person, but, um, but I do want to see this is more general. And I think we'll get definitely see it. Of course, I want to see more progression of the bad batches relationship with crosshair. I just want to see more crosshair development in general. I also want to see more of an arc and more to do for echo. And I want to see the further development of Omega. Um, I want to see what the Empire wants with Nala say and the rest of that storyline. Could that possibly connect? I know this is kind of a common theory, but it's kind of been something everyone's theorizing about. Could this connect to Palpatine's plans, future plans that manifest into Snoke and then him surviving in episode nine? Um, it makes a lot of sense, but we'll just have to wait and see. Um this is this one is more of a fan request, and I'm not going to be disappointed if it doesn't happen, but I would love to see Boba Fett at some point in the show. I think it could fit in well and it could be really cool. And I could this is something that's very doable, and I could totally see it happening in the future. But um, but I won't be disappointed if it doesn't happen. And that's kind of the key to fan requests. You have to you can make things you would like to see. But you can't be disappointed when those things that was never promised to you, when those things that were never promised to you don't happen. Um, so bad criticisms. Um, I don't have any criticisms with this episode alone. I just, again, it just all depends on season two. If season two picks up on the emotional arcs and continues all the stuff between Crosshair and the Batch, that will be great. If season two just drops the ball and doesn't pick up on that stuff, then that'll be a major flaw of this finale because that means the creative team meant for this to wrap up those arcs in a satisfactory way, which it didn't, um, if that makes sense. Basically, um, it's kind of a wait and see, but I don't really have any criticisms. So this episode was a 10 out of 10 for me. Really loved it. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm going to have a full season Bad Batch review coming out tomorrow, so make sure to listen to that. Um, I'm really looking forward to season two of the show. Um, I'm sure it'll come out around the same time next year. Next year is going to be a great year for Star Wars. This year was kind of Marvel year. Next year is going to be Marvel year again, but next year is also going to be Star Wars year with Obi-Wan Kenobi and or Book of Boba Fett starts late this year, but it'll probably go into next year. Bad Batch season two. Um, what else? I know I'm forgetting Mandalorian season three. I, I'm assuming would be next year, maybe not. And then Ahsoka in 2023, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. Um, let me know what you thought of this episode by leaving a voicemail, an email, leaving a comment on this YouTube video, or submitting um, something, a topic, a question, your thoughts in the form. All those links for all those things, all the ways to do that are in the description. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening, and have a good day.